This Week at Nerd News was written, recorded, and produced during the 2023 YGA and SAG After Strikes. Without the labor of writers and actors currently on strike, the content being covered here wouldn't exist. Because I can control the weather, they call me Storm. Welcome to This Week in Nerd News, your one-stop shop for all of the pop culture you may have missed this week, brought to you by the Black Nerd Problems Broadcasting Network. I'm your host, Mikkel Snyder. And I'm your host, Keith Weekly. Welcome back. How, how are you feeling, Keith? I'm doing good. I feel like this is the first time I've been on this show in a little minute. We took a little break here and there. And the, the audience uh, may or may not be aware of this, but Keith and I just finished our uh, summer D&D Let's Play just yesterday, uh, a Midsummer Night stream, along with our DM Draper, our fellow co-host Victoria, and Garrett, who is a staff writer at Black Knit Problems as well. So uh, our a little mini-series wrapped up. It's an adventure. You can find it on YouTube. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We had a lot going on. There's definitely like a couple plot twists in there, which is what you need for a good story in general, but especially in D&D. I feel like we had no idea where the story was going to end up when we started it, but I'm glad with how things played out. So just just a little fun little cross promotion. We're we're trying to be better about about promoting everything, you know, wholesale. We do a lot, folks. We want you to check it all out. We do so much. But this is this week at Nerd News, so we're going to cover some nerd news. Are, are you ready, Key, for our first segment? As is tradition, when I am here, present, and with my many many random things that I have found on the internet. <laughs> you know, actually, I missed this, so I'll say I am ready. Excellent, because welcome to Mad Libs of News Headlines, where I find just the weirdest things and then ask them in the form of trivia questions for Keith to try and answer. So we got five questions. You're allowed one hint per question, and uh, the points don't actually matter, but we are keeping score. We're going to start off by uh, covering some news from the front lines of the SAG after strike as Mike Massa, a stunt double, uh, performs a bit of self-emulation, stating that the stunt workers were getting burnt by the studios, so he lit himself on fire. It was it was very, very cool. Something only stunt people could do. And considering that Massa has stunt doubled for this beloved actor on various archaeological trips and futuristic LA, I think he knows a little bit about fire and getting burnt. Keith, who is the beloved actor I'm referring to? So, I'm gonna go with Chris Pratt? Mm, no, no. Little fall off. Would, would you like a second guess? Yes, I would. I think museums. Oh, wait. Is this Harrison Ford stunt double? This is one of Harrison's Ford stunt doubles, yes. Is the futuristic LA a Blade Runner reference? Blade Runner 2049 specifically. Gotcha. Okay, there we go. I'll pull it together. Thanks for the second guess. <laughs> no, no, no worries. We can't have Chris Pratt be the lingering thought on any question. I, I won't stand for it. You're right. I'll take that back. <laughs> Moving on. CNN reports smugglers went culinary this week as they tried to transport 17.8 pounds of cocaine by stuffing them into this food item. Okay, so I have not heard about this story yet. I'm just gonna, I just heard a really big, I just saw a really good video on the Try Guys channel about this, so I'm gonna go ahead and say cheese. Yes, specifically cheese wheels, but yes, cheese. Awesome! See, that's my Slumdog Millionaire kind of moment, just by, like, pulling the stuff outside of my neck with random, like, touch points. 
Alright, so, while Fortnite announced a collaboration with the recently revived Futurama series, Call of Duty revealed that free hip-hop slash rap artists are getting operator skins to celebrate 50 years of hip-hop. You just need to guess one to get the point. The person who once said, pink wig, thick, blank, give him whiplash. None other than Nicki Minaj or something. I just, yeah, I knew that. Excellent, excellent. Would you like to take a guess at who the other two announced are? Okay, let me see. So, like, other rappers in Call of Duty. Is one of them 50 Cent? No, one of them is not 50 Cent, but they do have a number in their name. 21 Savage? That is one of them, yes. Okay, so 21 Savage is one. So we got Nikki, we got 21, and if I had to guess another one on that level, uh, I'm, I'm blanking. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this because I think this is a good hint, but uh, this rapper has completed his main storyline and has just been doing side quests for the last couple years. Jay Z? It's Snoop Dogg. Oh, my bad. All right. No, I, I so whenever you see Snoop Dogg in the headlines, he's always doing something like out there because he's just living his best life and doing whatever he wants. And that's wild that he was on trial for murder at one point. In Truly. And now he's going to be in Call of Duty. <laughs> so, Alright, two more. So, Invincible is entering the multiverse, as producers have announced that the Amazon Prime series adapted from the comic book it has a very special cameo from another comic book hero who is also very familiar with the multitudes of multiplicities. I think this is something happening in real life they're bringing back, actually. Are they doing the Spider-Man thing? They are doing Spider-Man. Spider-Man's confirmed to be featured in Season 2 as a cameo, yes. Hey, because I know like way back when the comic was current, I think they did like a actual crossover in the books, but not the main story, but like a random spinoff. So that's cool. I love that. Invincible continuing to be one of the best comic book adaptations we've ever had. Did you watch the Atomic Eve special that came out? So good. It was so good. And honestly, part of me thinks that I might even start recommending to someone who's never seen the show to watch that first and then watch season one. You know, that that works because the post-credits of the Atomic Eve le- lends itself really well into the, the first season, doesn't it? Truly does. So, like, I think I might start doing that, like, hey, just try to rewatch. But we'll see. This is me telling you folks out there, if you haven't watched Invincible yet, watch the episode that's currently listed as season two and then go back to season one. I think that's a good call. One more, one more Mad Libs question. Would you like to guess the newest flavor of Skittle? I don't have to guess because I saw it and I cringed. Isn't it mustard flavored? It is, in fact, a mustard flavor Skittle. Why? And see, that's going to be so upsetting because, like, you're going to look at it and think, oh, this is just your normal lemon Skittle, and then you eat it and have a very different experience. Well, good run today. You you knew a lot based on your random knowledge of things. The the internet continues to be a wild, wild place. Um, and I tend to... This might just be Simon. I'm too online, too. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> we won't talk about that. Okay, well, we'll take a brief break and get to our big ticket item for the episode. And we're back from our break talking about some of the biggest news happening in Hollywood as of now, which I'm sure you've heard of through this new show, and it is The Strike, which is now not only a writer strike, but also an actor strike as SAG after has joined in, as we've talked about on this show recently. But one thing I want to do today is take a look at how The Strike is happen- having impacts on Hollywood at large, and not just in areas that we're aware of. The first one being how this is 
the one thing about this writer strike I've noticed is it's serving as a very good opportunity to learn about more than intricate kid moments and things that happened behind the scenes in Hollywood. For example, I didn't make things you never thought about. For example, I didn't realize that animation writers weren't a part of the Writers Guild. But I know that now because the news that we're getting to is that the Writers Guild of America East has announced that it's going to consider coming back to the table and allowing animation writers, particularly animation writers of kid series, to be a part of their union after the strike is all settled and done. And that's going to be great because the Writers Guild for America is one of the biggest unions that we have in Hollywood entertainment industry. And there definitely is a union that exists for animation writers, but it doesn't have really the same influence, though it doesn't have as much negotiating leverage when it comes to trying to get them taken care of by the studios and all that stuff. So that's good news on that front for sure. And also, actually, now I think about it too, a lot of animation writers aren't in the union at all from what I'm finding out now. So this is going to be something good there. This has been a long, ongoing conversation for a few years now just to try and get this thing to happen and there's been more progress made over the past few years. But right now, with all the movement that's happening and the movement, this is really a good time for them. So that's what some of the big news happening with that. And next up, one thing that we knew was going to happen when the strike first kicked off and it's gotten bigger ever since is that the longer it goes on, the longer things are going to get delayed. Because even if studios had all these shows and movies in the can already, they could just release and everything when the, right, when the strike first started, eventually they run out of that. It's a limited reservoir, essentially. So we're getting to that point now where we're starting to see things either be put on television, like Miss Marvel is going to be on ABC because they don't have any new content for this summer. That's scripted already. Um, professional wrestling's been kicking off because it's not scripted technically, and it's a whole different complicated thing there and stuff. So the biggest news that we found out is that Beyond the Spider-Verse Part 2 has had its release date removed because they haven't had enough time for the actors to actually get into the studio and record all the dialogue before the actor strike kicked off, which means until that strike is over, they can't get to work on that movie. And I find that to be interesting for a number of reasons. One, because of course I want to see this movie as soon as possible, but within reason. And that was already an issue with my, in my mind because reports came out that we talked about on this show about when they made of Spider-Man Beyond Spider-Verse Part 1 that there were some, let's say, questionable labor practices going on when it comes to the demands being placed on people and CGI and all that kind of stuff. And then there were worries that the same thing would happen with Part 2. I don't know if this will impact that in any significant way, but at the very least, I feel like it serves as an opportunity to have a good conversation about labor in Hollywood in different areas in general, but especially when it comes to animated films in this franchise in particular. So that's kind of a general overview of going on with the strike. Unless Mikhail, you have some things that I missed. Oh well, I I can I can toss in some more context about animated series and some other interesting things. Like one of the things that I learned is that there are two separate YGAs to begin with. Yes, East and West, right? Yeah, I I did not consciously register that, and like it makes sense given the the distance and the the type of work that those two regions tend to do slightly differently. I'm guessing New York's airs a lot more to television and LA airs a little bit more to movies. Um, that's Don't forget Broadway, too. Broadway, yes. Oh, God, the Broadway is a whole separate thing, though. Um, <laughs> so um, it's great that East is considering uh, adopting uh, animators because animators have gotten a real raw deal from the streaming services. Uh, one of the uh, writers for Cuphead was talking about how they produced a full uh, series order of like 20-some episodes, and then Netflix uh, basically 
chopped it in such a way that like they announced like seasons one, two, and three, and they only gave the writers like a one season thing, even though like they distribute it weirdly. So like there, there's just a lot of shenanigans going on with Netflix and their animated series. Um, and as as Netflix is also well known for, they have a very weird like decision of when it comes to like canceling things unexpectedly. So like. Uh, just this past year, we saw the cancellation of Dead End, Paranormal Park, and Inside Job, which were two very, very like well-liked series that I thought were very good, and I'm sad that we're not getting any more seasons because Netflix has a magic box that tells them sort of like this is no longer profitable. Um, it, it's unfortunate that uh, that like this extends across mediums as well. You reminded me of something. How do you know that Netflix actually gave a public statement recently saying that they don't cancel successful shows? I don't believe them, but sure. I don't yeah, either. I, I right. That. <laughs> that word successful is doing a lot of work there because you didn't say successful based on what grade scale and what you're measuring for. It could be popularity, it could be money, it could be who knows. So, mm, I see you, Netflix. But I'm sorry. <laughs> No, it, it's a legitimate thing, and that's one of the things that the, the strikes are aiming for, right? So sort of like a, a uh, demystifying of all of this back-end stuff, and like Hollywood and, and, and big media has a long history of like manipulating what success means and what profit margins are in order to maximize profits, because we live in a capitalist hellscape. That, that's all I got from the, the strike front. I'm glad that animators are getting brought into the fold. I think it's a long time coming. And yeah, uh, pay creators what they're worth. It's not that hard. It really isn't. Yes, especially because it's only going to be a fraction of what these companies pay for. This is all about pride at this point, from what I know. Anyway, time to move on to, to our last handful of topics for the day, which is, as you know, if you're a regular listener, our patented, non-patented lightning round. Well, this is where we talk about three to five topics going on in entertainment news that we didn't get a chance to devote an entire topic to, but feel that you with our listeners should know. So, getting on to this, the first up we have news that Donald and Steven Glover have stepped up to write the Lando miniseries for Disney Plus that's been in the works for quite a while after the original writer Justin Simeon is no longer after the project. Next up, Nickelodeon just dropped a new trailer for All-Star Brawl 2, the sequel to their successful platform fighting video game, which is going to feature new gameplay, new characters like Jimmy Neutron, and more. And that's available for pre-order now across all major gaming devices. So if that's your kind of thing, go check it out. Next up, we got a trailer for Castlevania Nocturne, which features popular video game character Richter Belmont. And that series is going to premiere exclusively on Netflix on September 28th. The trailer is Viva out Viva la now. revolution! Yes, it takes place in France and everything. We have more characters of color and stuff. Like, more vampire B-A-R-E, because I can't curse on this show. Check it out. I'm so <laughs> hyped. If you want to hear more from Black Nerd Problems News Network, be sure to follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Twitch. That was This Week in Nerd News. Tune in next week for more Pop Poking News. Once again, I'm your host, Keith Reed Cleveland. I'm your host, Mikkel Snyder. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe, everywhere you listen to podcasts. Have a good one, folks. <laughs>